Welcome back to Bat Rankings, where you can come for Batman. But stay for that Anthony. Yeah, I gotta stay for that Anthony. I'm your head scientist, <laughs> Ben Creighton. And I'm Kenny Wendorski. And it's been... What's it been? Not even a week. Not no, too no. terribly long. We did good. Yeah, we did good this time. Yeah, we're uh, building up that backlog. We yeah. want to make sure we never have to miss a week. And we've we've been doing this almost actually more than six months now, I think, which is yeah. insane to me. And we have never missed a week. I did see, uh, and I don't know, but it said season two, episode two on the uh, computer screen. So yeah, I yeah. think we're, we've been watching these on, on Amazon streaming video just because it's easier. And it, it breaks them up into volumes the same mm-hmm. way the DVDs do. So right. yeah, we're into the way the DVDs and this release broke them up into the second quote unquote season. Yeah, we're, we're doing good, man. Yeah, And thank you all for listening to us. We do appreciate it. Uh, Truly, this is fun for us. This is great. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it is amazing. I like to, you know, it, it is a bit of a drive for one of us to get to the other. I try to like double up my trips down here. And this weekend is my nephew's birthday. I was so proud of him. What did he do? Oh my god! So he asked uh, my sister when when he opened up my sister's present. Uh, I didn't find this out until later. He'd asked specifically for this. He opens up and he sees a SNES Mini. Hey. Case. <laughs> and he does such a good job, first of all, because he's very polite. Oh, thanks. Turns out that's not exactly what he wanted. She had played a prank on him. He did not want the SNES Mini, the classic. <laughs> he opened it up and it was an empty box. Like, wait, what? And he handed her, and she handed him the real present, an actual SNES from the 90s. What? Yeah, nice. he specifically said, I don't want that new junk. I want the real Super Nintendo. Well, good. Like, like you and, and Uncle Ben had when you were kids with the, the cartridges right. and the big, yeah, that's what I want. So that's what she got him. She found him a used copy and we played Lemmings all last night. Nice. Oh, yeah. shoot. I'm going to have to get him a, a I'm going to have to go to Bookman's. That's the, the local kind of pawn shop. A respectable pawn shop here yeah, in, in yeah, Tucson. No. Yeah, it's not a, a local... dirty one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a local chain. I think they only have them in Arizona. And... I, there might be one in uh, Nevada, maybe. No, I'm thinking of Zia's. Yeah, of Zia's. My apologies. But yeah, it's it's mostly a used bookstore, but they have video games, music, musical instruments, and they do like local local like community events and it's it's just a great place like it's it's not like a pawn shop where you feel dirty when you go yeah, in there yeah yeah you, you feel good when you <laughs> go in there like yeah yeah i'm gonna have to get him something yeah uh, even though it, he chose incorrectly sega genesis <laughs> is clearly the better console of- just, oh look at me i've got blast processing free what nintendo by a 16-bit Genesis system. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, nice this, fight already, this, everybody. <laughs> this, see, this is why we couldn't have a video game podcast. You no, son of a bitch. <laughs> no. Uh, have you ever seen this? Uh, it's a podcast called Game Sack. Uh, they used to have two hosts. One of them, uh, he, uh, he has to like do a real job. Ooh, but it was funny. One was definitely Nintendo and the other was definitely Sega. And you could see them kind of always clashing. And it made me think of you and me yep. because I was Sega and you were Nintendo. Look, I'll grant you Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> what else do you, have you got? <laughs> and then I kind of became the schmuck. You got Sony PlayStation. I got Sega Saturn. And yeah, yeah. well, and then we, and then we both got Dreamcast. So d- look where true. that got us. Well, yes, uh, 
a great system for like a year and a half. It was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I made a joke once. The Sega Dreamcast is one of the best consoles ever, according to the 12 people who owned one. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh. Bring Seaman out for, yeah. for anything else. God damn it. You may not think I'm attractive, but your wife will. For me, it was Power Stone. Man, that was a great game. God, so many sleepovers playing Power Stone. Yeah, Soul Calibur. Oh, dude, Soul Calibur. The first Power Stone. The second one was meh, but the first one, still classic. (laughs) Oh, man, we really got off top. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, happy birthday to your nephew. And I believe it's your father's birthday. It was yesterday. So happy birthday, Mr. Creighton. Yeah, so doing, doing all kinds of stuff this weekend, but was able to triple dip this trip. Also sat down and watched... Her chance to dream. That's right. Yeah, so we we open up with a nice little car chase between the Batmobile and some thugs through a warehouse area. No music at all. It's all diegetic, and it's just crunching of metal on metal, trash cans being run over, the skid of uh, tire screeching. It's it's great. Yeah, great sound design. Feels real. Real in media res, you are jumping right in. I don't know why Batman's chasing these guys. I don't care. Let's go. It's like uh, uh, the Batmobile does like that stereotypical San Francisco car chase where, you know, what it just flies into the air and slams down. Um, it's just it's a great car chase, and it's real quick though. Yep. Batman chases the thugs into a warehouse where he's blinded by a flash of light, mm-hmm. and then you see some kind of shadowy apparatus descend from the ceiling. Kind of looks like a cave mixed with uh... Uh, I mean I've obviously I've seen this episode so many times that it was pretty obvious to me what it was it looked like some kind of like headset thing that yeah. would go over like just like one of those big hair dryers at a hair salon with a bunch more like tubes and gadgetry yeah, attached yeah. but but if you didn't know what to look for, it just looks like a big, shadowy, scary machine yeah. thing. And we kind of have the benefit, because we've seen this episode several times. If you haven't, uh, it's uh, there's a lot of... We'll try to not do the spoilers until the spoilers happen. But... Yeah, but Bruce... Bruce, not Batman, but as Bruce Wayne, wakes up in Bruce... In, in Wayne Manor, and he seems real disoriented right from the beginning. Alfred's bringing him breakfast, and he's... Wait, how did I get out of that? Yeah. Did Robin help me? And Alfred doesn't know who he's talking about. And Alfred even says, Robin? Yeah, is that I, a, a lady friend? I or? you and Selena Kyle. Uh, Never mind. I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> I'm just the hired help. <laughs> None of my business. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it. so we're, we're getting a real surreal picture of what's going on, which is immediately the case when... Thomas and Martha Wayne yep. walk into the room. Not as we've seen them sometimes in, in flashbacks or dream sequences as they were when Bruce was eight years old, but with like another 20 years of aging on them, they're getting older. Yep. Papa Wayne's got a bit of a paunch on him, you know, some gray hairs. Yeah, and it just freaks out Bruce. He's how? How could this be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, it's, it's interesting to see. So I notice a couple of things. For the longest time, Bruce is never in a in a a costume, an outfit that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. First, he's in this blue button-up shirt. Next, he's in his usual yellow dress shirt, but with a vest. Whereas usually, he's got this double-breasted suit. Everything's kind of off kilter and doesn't seem quite real. Yeah, uh, he asks Alfred, who Alfred has always had a a weird. 
in his demeanor towards Master Bruce, kind of a, a strange balance between familiarity and formality. Right. And here he is much more formal and less familiar. He is acting like the hired help, not like Yes. Yeah, suppose you know, ostensibly Bruce's employee, but really basically Bruce's stepfather. He raised him from the age of eight onward. That closeness is not there anymore. But Bruce asks him, and he goes straight to him, not his own supposed father, and says, Hey, can you humor me and just tell me a little bit about myself? I'm feeling weird and disoriented. And we get a little exposition dump. He's the head of Wayne Enterprises since his father retired. Lucius Fox really does the... You know, the down and dirty business work. Not that you're not capable of yes. it. He like kind of freaks out like, hey, hey don't fire me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Bruce just says, no, no, no. I want to hear this. I want to know. And, uh, and yeah. Engaged to Selena Kyle. Last week. Yep. Proposed <laughs> just a week ago. And Bruce is still really confused. He goes into the office and Selena shows up acting Far flirtier than real Selena Kyle ever. She always kind of kept Bruce at arm's length. She's also dressed up in a very kind of classic, I want to say 1940s Hollywood, Frank Capra. Yeah, got one of those like really old-fashioned hats. Yeah. And And she's wearing like long, like elbow-length opera gloves, which she takes one off and flops onto Bruce's face. Looks like she's getting ready to give him a handy. (laughs) She does say, I'm just the woman for the job. (laughs) Yeah, she says, oh yeah, your parents called, said you're feeling out of sorts, and I thought I'd come help you relax. Yeah, so, but uh, yeah, Bruce is still kind of out of it, and then that's when you hear... uh, Batman. Exactly. Uh, Car chase, some hired goons. Yeah, there's uh, a fight. You recognized one of the goons. Yeah, he's uh, Rob (laughs) from... The only good thing about I've got Batman in our basement. <laughs> Poor Rob Paulson, yeah. such a talented actor, <laughs> such a great voice actor. His name is Robert Paulson. His name Shut is up. Robert Paulson. This is all the way. His name is Robert Paulson. And I, I, he might be in later episodes, but so far we've only seen him in I've got Batman in my basement. Yeah, we see the character design here. I don't think he even has any no, lines. No so we lines. do not get Rob Paulson's voice. But, so, but he gets uh, tied up. They both do. And uh, Batman's there. Bruce is seeing Batman in action. Yeah, and he is really confused. He asks Selena, what? Without coming right out and saying... But I am, but I'm him. Yeah. I, who is he if not me? Because I'm here and he there. And she says he showed up not too long ago. Uh, nobody knows who he really is. Yep. And Bruce is like, okay, hey, Selena, does Catwoman ring a bell? And that's when Selena's sort of, yeah. all right, you need help. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Bruce goes to Leslie Tompkins, who I in this timeline, reality, whatever, I'm not sure how they even know each other because they met. In she's a doctor, and I believe she worked with Thomas Wayne. Okay, that that so would make probably sense. Probably family friend. Yeah, because that Thomas Wayne we know from previous Batman experience was a medical doctor yes. in most continuities. Yeah. And actually, when Bruce is freaking out earlier, he pulls out a little like flashlight shines right, in his eyes. Right. So actually, yeah, that's. I mean. Spoiler alert, kids! <laughs> this is all a dream. <laughs> so it doesn't really all need to make sense. But yeah, when you put it that way, that that's right. That well, makes a lot of uh, sense. also we do see a building with just letters on it. And I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, jumbled up letters <laughs> <laughs> in the the sign on the building. So yeah, and her 
Leslie Tompkins' explanation for, for everything that's going on is, look, you've led a very easy life. You don't feel like you've accomplished anything. And so you've disassociated with your own life and have this fixation on somebody who seems very competent and accomplished. But once you take pride in your own accomplishments, these delusions will vanish. So the nightmare is over. Yeah. Great rejoicing. Everything's great. Yep. He hugs his dad. He's joking with Alfred. You want to go to the opera with me, dad? Well, check with your mom. Okay. And he seems really happy, but almost too happy. Almost like manic. Did you feel a little like, ah, oh, this is, I know where this is going to go. And it's sad because it's like, I, it's for just a moment. Yeah. He Bruce just is happy. He <laughs> wants to believe it so much, but you can sort of tell he still has his doubts and he's having to try so hard to accept the reality that that's being presented to him. And, uh, and he, he looks, he feels more unhinged now than when he was ranting about how his whole life is a lie. So as his dad goes to, Talk to Martha. Uh, Bruce tells Alfred, I'm living a great life. Why shouldn't I be happy? Picks up a newspaper, and what do you know? Yeah, the words are all jumbled. He can't read read any of it, and he's freaking out again. Like, no, no, nothing makes sense. He starts pulling apart books. Can't read the books. Uh, There's a television on that's talking about Batman, and he says, this is... This guy did it. Yep, chucks a statue into that. (laughs) (laughs) Why turn it off when you can... Throw a conveniently placed statue into it. <laughs> so he he rushes out into the night. He gets a grappling hook and some flares. He, the the cops show up and they're. This is where it starts to descend even more into dream logic right. because the the cops are chasing him. They're saying your parents say that you're you're acting disturbed and you need help. Right. No actual police officer would <laughs> would <laughs> yeah. act in such a way. Uh, Bruce, uh, avoids them. He's very parkour, yep. uh, climbs around some fences. The yeah. cops, they can't hop the fences. They're kind of in awe. They say he moves like Batman. Yeah. Hey, Bruce runs to the cemetery. By this point, it's dark and storming. He, he scales the, this cathedral and winds up in this bell tower where he just like yells out into the storm. I know it's you. Here I am. Yeah. And Batman shows up. Another piece of dream logic. Batman swoops in on his bat grapple, which is apparently affixed to clouds on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, <laughs> you'll but, see that in a lot of cartoons, uh, like Spider-Man especially. Yeah. Like, what's he swing, Yeah, to? what is up there? <laughs> but Batman's usually really good about this. And I, I suspect, and I could be wrong, but I suspect that this is an intentional touch and right. not just a continuity error. Yeah. Because it's, we find out Bruce has this confrontation with quote unquote Batman and lays it all out. This is a dream. Uh, and who's behind it? Well, our very own child toucher, the Mad Hatter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bruce rips off Batman's mask and it's Jervis Tetch underneath. And, Bruce says the way he suspected it was a dream all along, but the way he figured it out was that reading is a function of, I think he said reading is on the right brain, dreaming is on the left, might have been the other way around. But uh, yeah, you can't supposedly read in a dream. This is not actually the case. There's no science behind this. I... It's, I've heard this, and I don't know if it's become kind of this urban legend. That, yeah, it, it, I, I think it's one of those, like, you only use 10% of your brain. Like, one of those things that 
some germ of real science was taken out of context and repeated so yeah. often that people started to exaggerate it and believe right. it as fact. But yeah, there is no truth behind this, but it's a fun premise for the purposes right. of this plot. And vaccinate your kids, everybody. Yeah. Please vaccinate your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe what you see on TV. <laughs> Listen to the doctor. Uh, well, we just lost our crucial <laughs> anti-vaxxer demographic. <laughs> no, give, don't give up on us. <laughs> <laughs> and good riddance. <laughs> Fuck you. Get out. <laughs> As a father of two, vaccinate your kids. Do not believe what some urban legend website that got spun out of reality. <sighs> but I digress. You can read in your dreams. Yeah. Um, I think I've done it. And yeah. I think I woke up thinking to myself, that's impossible. I saw, yeah, I saw that Batman. It, it, it's in Batman. It has to be real. Yeah. And you <laughs> know, I, I have also had, I have had dreams where I've read things. I've also had dreams where everything was jumbled like in this episode. And honestly, I think it's because this episode put the idea right. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, <laughs> what do they call that? The Mandela, Mandela effect? Um, I, I think that's kind of a, a different thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, it's it's kind of the same thing, but just have not really having to do with dreams. It's like, one of those. It's like when, with, with me, it's the spelling of the word thief. Okay. It's T-H-I-E-F. But it's one of those words that if I look at it long enough, it's like, shouldn't it be E-I? But then I type it that way and yeah. that looks wrong too. Right. Uh, okay. Oh, what's going on? I, I see that. I see yeah. that. Uh, but anyway, to Batman, or I'm sorry, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after his confrontation, Jervis Tetch says, uh, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Can't wake up. It's a dream. And, Deal with it. And so Bruce says, well, I'd rather be dead than live a lie. And so he does what, Yeah. They, you know, he... Yeah. yeah, hops off the uh, top of the tower. Yeah, and and they're really careful. You can you can feel how hard they had to fight to get what they were trying to do past the sensors because he doesn't actually say I'd rather be dead. Right, and he uh, Tetch asks, "What if you're wrong?" And he says, "Then I'll see you in your nightmares." You can tell they wanted to say that I'll <laughs> see you in hell so bad. I can't say it though. <laughs> so yeah, it's. Honestly, I feel like it blunts the impact of this scene just a little bit. It's hard to blame them. It's the best you can do. Yeah, it's network TV. I'm sure standards and practices was all up their asses. And it does work because we're in a dream world, nightmare. It does correlate. But yeah, you do want that emotional impact of, I'll see you in hell. Yeah, I am willing to die rather than live this lie. Well, it's like the cops, when they were chasing him, they say, blast it. Yep. (laughs) You know, they want to say, damn it. Yeah, you gotta, you know, gotta take it for what it is. It's cartoon. Uh, but he wakes up and yeah. doesn't die. He wakes up Yep, in back in the warehouse with this head apparatus on him, make short work of, of Mad Hatter's two mooks. And he's, he is pissed at Mad Hatter. Yes. This is the first time. No, it's not the first time I would yeah. say the, uh, a couple of times we've seen him pissed. He was pissed at the freaking sewer king. I was about to say it. I almost is. It's the underdwellers, right? Yeah. And the I, underdwellers I keep getting forgotten and underdwellers. <laughs> Mixed yeah. up in my head. <laughs> okay. Yep. And then he was pissed in. Oh, what was it? It was the two-parter where he's it was feet of clay, where he's he's got the, oh, the mook over yeah. Gotham River. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's pissed. Who framed Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Yeah. This is this is one of those rare times when he's not like cold stoic. He is angry. Well, he's messed with his past. His, yeah. His, Which his the, core. 
The dream Mad Hatter, by the way, is very careful to, to say, I'm just part of this dream. I'm not the real Mad Hatter. The real Mad Hatter doesn't know what's going on in here. Right. He just knows that this machine has created an ideal reality for you. Which is convenient because Jervis Tetch does not know that Batman and Bruce Wayne are one and the same. Yeah, it's convenient for that reason, but also it does explain some things that happen in the dream. Like, if if Mad Hatter was, like, custom creating every detail, the real Mad Hatter, mm-hmm. why would he even put Batman in the dream? Right. Well, he didn't. The machine pulled that element out of Bruce's mind. Right. Okay, that... That makes a little more sense. And uh, Jervis Tetch, he's, um, you know, Batman says, why? Why? And Jervis Tetch, you of all people have the gall to ask me that. You ruined my life. I was willing to give you whatever life you wanted. Just to keep you out of mine. Yep, and there's tears in his eyes. Yeah. And once again, masterful performance from it's uh, Roddy Piper, uh, 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 Roddy McDowell, Roddy McDowell. <laughs> I get, Roddy, Roddy Piper. <laughs> I always get those names mixed up. Very different people. <laughs> Very different. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Rowdy Roddy Piper is a fine actor as well. Maybe but he's in a later episode. I, I haven't googled that to tell you the truth. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, oh. But anyway, yeah, great performance. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> and slumps down to his knees and thus ends perchance to dream. Yes. Kenny, does this episode hold up? Yes, it does. This episode is fantastic. Uh, I looked on the IMDb, mm-hmm. IMDb and it is actually Kevin Conroy's favorite episode. I believe it. It's and, it's yeah. one of my favorites. You can see He's acted, of course, in other episodes, but I think this was an episode, if you were to read this script, you would go, oh, wow, I really get to shine in this. Yeah. So um, it also, I felt like it's a Star Trek episode. It felt like an episode that was very intelligent. Uh, It had something to say. Like I've said in previous episodes, this wasn't an action figure episode. (laughs) Yeah where you're meant to buy something. This was an episode with a story to tell. Yeah, and actually you say Star Trek, there is an episode of Next Generation that has a very similar Space. premise it that felt we've come like out it. around. It felt like it. Yeah, and I mean, there's it's it's a concept that goes back to, geez, Odysseus and the yeah. Lotus Eaters. I know? mean, it, I remember when I saw The Matrix back in 99, I was like, oh yeah, this kind of reminds me of a Batman the Animated Series episode. Yeah, and, and much like The Matrix, you know, in the first version of The Matrix, we created a perfect world and your minds wouldn't accept it. That's right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, <laughs> and I like that, like, yes, on, on the very surface level, thematically, Bruce is, well, it's not real, so I don't want it. But the subtext is he can't stand to live in a world where he, where there are no consequences yep. and he can never accomplish anything that matters. Even yeah. if it means his parents are alive, even if it means nothing bad ever happens, he has to make something of himself to live with himself. All those years of training and discipline yep. for nothing. And that, yeah. I think, was him trying to accept it but there was that part of him that was like so it was a waste it was all for nothing yeah makes makes me think that even in a reality where his parents had lived even without that tragedy he would never have been just the playboy who has everything and has no sense of responsibility there's something 
in the core of that character yes. that needs to make a difference. And the tragedy of his childhood was the catalyst for the specific way that that came about. Yeah. But it was it was something in him that was always there. If it hadn't been that, something else would have... What did the kids call it? They trigger? Yeah. <laughs> something yeah. else would have triggered him for another, maybe a, a humanitarian cause. Yeah. Or, maybe, uh, who maybe knows? Maybe he would, you know... I mean, in in the actual continuity, he works with the homeless. Well, he was right. never homeless, but he has that core of compassion yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic episode for thematic weight. Fantastic episode both for the, the voice acting and mm-hmm. the animation acting. The facial expressions. There's a lot of really subtle facial animation that, like animation and art style-wise, this is a pretty subtle episode. No mm-hmm. explosions. You know, very few... I mean, there's that car chase at the beginning, but no real big action set pieces. Yeah. But fantastic atmosphere. Also, I think this was an episode in which, even though the Mad Hatter is kind of a joke gimmicky villain, Mm -hmm. this was showing a side that made Mad Hatter really stand out. Yeah. Um, To me, he's a forgettable character. I mean, he's not forgettable, but he's not the Joker. He's not Two-Face. You know, in the last episode when I said I remembered him as being this tragic character and I didn't feel like it quite lived up up to that, I wonder if I might not have been conflating that episode and this one. Because in this one, with really just one scene, you actually get to feel for him. Yeah. Like, in his twisted way, he's trying to do something good. Like, you know what? All right. You're gonna be. You're gonna get in the way of my happiness. I will give you everything you ever wanted. Yeah, that's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna repay your cruelty with kindness. <laughs> just so you leave me alone, yep. so I can go back to touching kids. Yeah, that's all I want. <laughs> I just want my mind-controlled slave wife. Yeah, that's so right? much to ask. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, this episode's fantastic. All right. Well, we could gush all day. So let's do it some more. Let me hey, tell you. So anyway. <laughs> no. I think it's time to get down to some science here. All right. Pull out the science machine. Woo. All righty. We are activating Dinotherms Connected. Mega thrusters are go. <laughs> and I'll form the head. Yes. <laughs> Lab coats on. Lab coats on. Pants is off. off. All right, we have got our master list of 27 episodes. In order, from best to worst, Two-Face, See No Evil, Cat in the Claw, Beware the Grey Ghost, Heart of Ice, Eternal Youth, Pretty Poison, The Forgotten, Joker's Favor, Feet of Clay, Clock King, Vendetta, The Last Laugh, Nothing to Fear, Dreams in Darkness, Appointment in Crime Alley, On Leather Wings, Christmas with the Joker, Mad as a Hatter, Fear of Victory, POV, Prophecy of Doom, Be a Clown, It's Never Too Late, The Underdwellers, Nobody's Perfect, and I've Got Batman in My Basement. Oh, now, boy. we should also mention, because we did in the previous episode, we did do a Hammerman. Yes. That it, is number 26. Nobody's perfect. Uh, also, we did do uh, Rapolian. Yes. And I think the fact that we didn't bring it up is because it broke us. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We did not do a full bonus episode. We didn't rank it in the list. Right. And it broke us. Yeah. I, I, I feel like... Nobody's perfect. The experiment was to see if a random hammer man was better or worse than I've got Batman in my basement. I don't think we needed to rank another one. Yeah. That would have just been redundant science. And, and, and also it, fuck hammer man forever though. Oh God. <laughs> we should have just done with a one. Yeah. We should have. We yep. were so excited to do our brainwave scan. My brainwave actually shut down. 
Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. <laughs> <laughs> but we did do that experiment. You can hear it in the previous uh, podcast, and it, it did not turn out like we had hoped. No. It, it, it was a very negative experience. Yeah, you, you, you do you get just, just once. One once and enough. done. That's once all you enough. need, kids. <laughs> all right. So now... We're not done with Batman science. There's oh. so much more Batman science to do. You know, I, I've got this, this imager page with all the title cards mm-hmm. that I, every once in a while, I scroll through it. You know, I have to find the, the episode art for each episode. Right. Sometimes I'll just keep scrolling and look at all the episodes we've got yet to go. I just get so excited. There's so many good ones in there. There are. And yeah, they're gorgeous. But is this episode, Perchance to Dream, better or worse than number three... Cat in the Claw. I'm gonna say not quite as good. Yeah. It's we you know, we gushed a lot about this episode, but I will say the one drawback is that the audience figures out what's going on pretty early in the proceedings, and the the middle third has kind of a lot of padding where it's like, okay, it's obviously some kind of dream or virtual reality or something weird. Can we please... Right. Like, the whole chase with the cops, him buying the grappling hook and the and the flares, it doesn't really serve any particular purpose other than we've got 22 minutes to fill. Did he use the flares? He I did don't... not use the okay, flares. Okay, I kind of forgot about the flares. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, it's, you know, very good episode, just not a perfect episode. Right. All right. But is this episode... Better or worse than number seven, Pretty Poison. I would call it better than Pretty Poison. Yeah, I agree. The more we talk about Pretty Poison, the more I think we're focused on that beginning. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, we, we talked last episode or the episode before about how Batman episodes tend to have a really strong beginning and then kind of taper off at the end. This episode was the opposite. Right. Where, yeah, it kind of sagged in the middle, but that climax was amazing. Yeah. It ended on a super high note. Yeah. Which and very few of them also, do. Also, we did pretty uh, poison fairly early when yeah. we started this off. And I have noticed as we've gone on, we've gone better and better episodes. Yeah. So. All right. Is this episode, Perchance to Dream, better or worse than number four, Beware the Grey Ghost? No. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's, it's close. It's very close. I think Beware the Grey Ghost is entertaining from start to finish. This one, the mind does wander a little bit for this one. Yeah. But not a lot. Not a yeah, lot. Yeah, not a lot. We're talking the, the thinnest of margins. Yeah, it's but... millimeters here. According to my ruler, it's millimeters. <laughs> yeah. Because we are scientists. Yeah, that's the metric system. Yeah. You can't get more scientific <laughs> than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. We're getting real close now. Is Perchance to Dream better or worse than number five, Heart of Ice? I'm going to say better. For, for the way it gets into the core of Batman slash Bruce Wayne's character. Yeah. Both of them are really incredible episodes with some flaws, but 
I think this one's just the tiniest bit better. Yeah. This is a very thin margin as well. Um, I would concur. I think uh, this one is a very well thought out and executed episode. Whereas Heart of Ice was a standard, you know, uh, uh, villain episode. This one was very creative. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's a thin margin though. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, I, that feels right because that would place this perchance to dream at the new number five spot. Ooh! So that's just below, but where the gray ghost which okay. we said was a super thin margin yep. and just above heart of ice. Again, a super thin margin. See so. kids, it's all about science. You yep. got to experiment. Yep. It's the only way. <laughs> <laughs> now let's see what we'll be experimenting with next week okay it's the cape and cowl conspiracy all righty do you remember this one kenny i do i remember it's a guy who does a lot of traps yeah lots of elaborate traps as i recall he's sort of a mercenary who was hired uh we've we've talked so many times about you know mad hatter had him at his at his mercy yeah why would he not just take that the cowl off yeah we've That's, had a few episodes yeah, a few like, episodes like that he's Some, unconscious you could do it bro <laughs> yeah sometimes it makes a little more sense like joker you get this feeling that joker just plain doesn't care yeah he just like you know this this is my playmate i don't want to have i don't want to take off his costume that'd be ruining the game in fact i think they have played with that in in comic books yeah. where i think even joker does know he's bruce wayne he doesn't like that he likes knowing him only as batman yeah. so but uh, but in, in this episode, I'm fairly sure that the Cape and Cowl conspiracy refers specifically to this guy's mission is, I want to get his mask off. That's my whole deal. I And I also recall, uh, oh gosh, the guy from Indiana Jones. He's also uh, Gimli in Lord of the Rings. What's oh, uh, John Reese davis Thank you. He's yeah. in it. He does a small part in this. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, we'll look out for that next week. Nice. Yeah. All right. In the meantime, Kenny, where can folks find you on the internet? You can find me at TV on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And you can find me at HBI2K on Twitter or twitch.tv slash Ben Creighton, where if you, like my perfect, adorable little nephew, like SNES games, <laughs> you can find me playing lots of those, mostly linked to the past. <laughs> hey, they just put uh, uh, the, the redo of uh, uh, the island one. The, yeah, yeah, is Link's one? Awakening. Link's Awakening, thank it is, you. I, yeah, I played that for like four hours the other day. It is fantastic. All right, I'll have to pick it up. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. <laughs> All right. Well, I had fun this week. Did you have fun this week? I did. We talked about a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's do it again next week. Sounds good. <laughs>